Hello, my name's Bert, yeah? And I want to welcome you to the Productive and Activity Podcast. Productive and... Right? Productive... Okay, cool. Okay, look at this. Well, basically, we're going to be exploring the third side of the coin, yeah? Getting real familiar with the things of the world. And basically talking a whole bunch of crap about them. And, uh, hopefully you don't get your knickers in a bunch. Well, without any further ado, here's your host, Wayne Steven. Wayne Steven what? Two first names? That's ridiculous. Anyways, here's your host, Wayne Steven, Mr. Two First Names. Welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Steven. Today, I have the pleasure of doing this podcast, not only slightly interviewing, but co-hosting with, with one of my brothers. Like I've known this man in a very short span of time, but because his story is so adjacent to mine, like we just gel. And I'm not gonna hold him up no further ado. This is my man, Mr. Jacobs. Mr. Jacobs, what's yes, going sir. on, brother? What's How you go- doing, brother Wayne? Tell, man, listen, I'm good. Let you know, tell the people a little about yourself before I go ahead and uh, and get into it. Well, my name is Terrence Jacobs. Um, I'm an entertainer. I go by the moniker Mr. Mister. I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I'm a father, uh, a husband, son, brother cousin so forth and friend. Uh, right now um, I'm working on a YouTube channel with my wife. It's called Marriage and Marijuana. I'm about to release my um, fourth studio work. It's an EP. It'll be dropping at um, May 2nd, I believe. That's the date we picked out. Also, uh, I'm, a, I'm a creative writer. I do a little acting. I do a little directing. But my proudest accomplishment is just just being a stand-up guy. That's now listen, man. That that see that last that last statement just said mouthfuls, but I don't know, like I gotta I gotta say, like in in light of recent events, you know, with yet another passing of um one of our rap legends, he was on his way to legend status, I feel. Uh, Nipsey Hussle, I gotta, I gotta say, Mr. Jacobs, like I'm, I'm, I'm tired, bro. Like I'm tired. Like I'm physically and emotionally tired from waking up to hearing things like that. Like it, it, I can't, I almost can't bear it anymore without speaking on the changes that need to happen and the crazy thing is when i talked to you last week about wanting to do this topic that hadn't happened yet i just felt like it was still something important to discuss you know like how do we go about curing our culture and like my mind and my heart and i think the emotional weariness leads to the physical weariness like of trying to digest it all because like right now i don't necessarily i don't live in the hood but my heart is so directly tied to the things that go on there. And I have questions, like why does this keep happening? How do we keep eating our own young all the time? And then we always say, we need to stick together. Something happens, we stick together for a little bit. And then we just claw at each other again. Like, I just, I don't know, can you like, can you speak to that? Like, cause I'm, I'm I really wanted to hear what you had to say about it all. Well, first of all, um, I, I, I wanna address, you know, the. You said you were tired, and and I understand that. I've heard I've heard that sentiment before. Um, however, I, I believe that 
being tired and being desensitized to me is 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 kind of the same thing on on I'm gonna say on different spectrums because on one hand we we expect some stuff to happen in the hood and we expect some stuff to happen in life a lot of times we use the uh, the old antidote that we love to use the white man holding us down um, if it wasn't for the white man we wouldn't be as we're seen or as we are displaying beastly um, however it, 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 it's all it's all the, the mind state of once 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 we can no longer really stomach something then then it'll be a change but right now we're being we're being too force-fed with social media where um you walk out your door in your household all you hear is negative um negativeness violence you hear loudness you don't you don't you don't get the um uplifting the educating the 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 bond the camaraderie if i'm in the trenches with you if i see your struggle I go through the same struggle. I have no choice but to acknowledge you as my ally. Right. I shouldn't look at you as my enemy. But however, however, people infiltrate with the same color all the time. They have the same color and you believe they have the same heart, but they don't. Right. They don't care about your struggle. Y'all struggling together. All they care about is themselves and they, they're their loved ones so until they can um get the mentality where where um and i and i i hate myself to say this if they can get the pack mentality because i hate saying the pack mentality if they can get the pack mentality to to prosper like they do to um one down the area oh then and only then will I, I really see a change and we'll probably stop that killing because we have to actually believe that we're allies in in, 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 the, in the same struggle and together we can overcome. But, you know. You know what I feel also is crazy because I asked my cousin, my cousin JJ, he's active in community outreach. He's got a PhD in nursing and he's in, he's in the hood. He's going to like some of the most dangerous projects to give healthcare to elderly people. And I asked him that same question. I was like, I was like, we talk about black unity. Where is it and what's gonna make it happen? And he said to me, and it was almost like he felt he felt my weariness. He was like, it happens, you know, in, in uh, St. George County, Maryland. It happens in PG County. It happens in DC. He's like, but we don't see it because of just what you said, the oversaturation of the negative messages that are being output. And for ju just for the sake of, selling clicks like so i look at certain videos and and we and i say we as a society not we as me and you because maybe we don't do this as quickly we'll click on a violent video with kids jumping each other at a bus stop before we click on you know a message from let's say like a td jakes i'm not necessarily a td jakes fan but he's the first person i thought of but we'll click on a violent video before we click on something that's uplifting and it's almost like a reflex to want to see the things we're familiar with rather than take on the unfamiliar and what the outcome may be from hearing that unfamiliar message. It's almost like we're scared to introduce 
an unfamiliar approach because we've gotten so far, air quote, we've gotten so far or have, have been around so long with doing the negative. So it's like, it has to be second nature. We have to live like this. And I've heard some young black men, I used to work at a facility that, um, so, you know, surprisingly was run by all white people and I was the only black staff there. And I heard that sentiment from young people, 15, 16, 17, we gotta live like this. And it's funny to me to hear them say that because they haven't even lived life yet. But they've already, they've already accepted that as a fact of life, that it'll never be different because they don't, it hasn't been taught to them that they can, that they're allowed to believe that is different. Which leads me to the mental health aspect of not only black culture, but the, the manhood culture overall, not only just as black men, but as manhood in general, like as men, especially black men, we're taught not to cry at a very early age. Like I understood the purpose, but I feel that this has affected us negatively. Do you feel the same way? And, and if so, in what way? Um, before I address that, I want to, I want to say, say uh, uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot recently when to the prior topic. So I'm just going to say this. We were born when God created us, we were created in love. And we will die in hate. Mm. So that's 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 the mentality about what we have to live like this. We were we were born in love, but we die in hate because each day that we're we're breathing on this earth, we're ingesting hate. We're ingesting not liking ourselves, not liking the next man, the next race. So we will die in hate, though we were created in love. Now, um, as far as the mental health aspect, and, and especially with black men in the black community, because <laughs> I, 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 I am bipolar. Um, I'm dual diagnosed, I'm bipolar, I'm intermediate explosive disorder. So I, I deal with this <laughs> all my life. And as far as crying, taught not to cry, I was, honestly, my story is a little bit different. I, I was never uh, discouraged from crying. I was always, you know, taught to, you know, get your emotions out. Crying is okay, um, but just just know that um, after the cry, it, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's, it's not so bad where you have to um, isolate yourself. But you know, at that time, I, I I can only imagine that they didn't know too much about bipolar because mm. um, that's part of the, the sickness I would isolate myself I would not be around anyone I, I, I they they actually thought I was literally crazy because I would go in my backyard and take a bed rail and I would be in my backyard say on a school day I got out of school around 4 from 4 to like 10 o'clock at night I'd be in my backyard just beating this bed rail by myself on the ground you know, and I and I was to me, I was planning out my life. You know, I was thinking about what I wanted to do. I was trying to be creative, but all they saw because they couldn't see inside my head was me beating the ground, looking crazy, mm-hmm. talking to myself. Now, as far as um, how has me being bipolar affected me in my life? I sometimes I don't see things um, as clearly as I should. I. 
I pride myself on being somewhat educated, but sometimes when the manic hits, I'm, I become disillusioned mm. and I lash out at the wrong people mm. and I lash out at myself. I, um, I've tried to take my life before. I've, um, I've assaulted people. I, <laughs> I did some things that I can't really say right now, but right. I'm not a proud, proud of at all. Right. I've even experimented with drugs, mm-hmm. um, trying to seek. Oh no, we're gonna get they, we're gonna get into the self medication aspect later. I'm glad, and I, I don't I want you to stop there because I don't want to get ahead of the point because that right there that's one of the things that. That's the other thing that drove me to even wanting to discuss this, but I don't want to get ahead of the point. Uh, I will say this. My dad did teach me not to cry. And I think it had a lot to do with how he how he came up because he would tell me stories about my grandfather who I admired my granddad. He was a, he was a musician. He was an artisan. He was just a man. He was a man of leisure. Like, and I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, he was a man of leisure. I wanted to be my granddad because of the way he lived his life. Like, but when my father would tell me stories about like having to sit in front of the window to wait for my granddad to come and pick him up because my grandmother and my grandfather didn't they didn't stay together in those days. You know, it was it, it was a, a a mama's baby, daddy's maybe kind of society at that point. Cause a lot of my older a lot of my older family like don't have the same dads and things of that nature but he did teach me not to cry because of how he came up and he came up not crying because it didn't make his, the situation any better so to this day and i i mean this to this day it is very difficult for me to cry even when i want to like i i remember attempting to take my own life as well and i treated it as if it was like me walking out the door it wasn't even a contemplation you know what i mean it wasn't like should i do this um what are the you know and and i didn't know christ at that time and so i'm kind of i'm thankful that i was spared from that but i remember not crying about that i just took a whole bunch of pills and i went up to this bedroom and then i waited for death to claim me and it never did so from that from from that experience alone i was like man like my life is my life is is ordained a different way and just other incidents after that but um we i and after after those moments i became let me see like because i used to like the like when you on certain drugs you experience like super highs where your endorphins are on fire but when you stop doing those drugs now you're you're forced to deal with the regular levels of your chemical balances that you've now destroyed because of that so i went into kind of a depression myself like i would isolate myself just like you was talking about i'd be in my room sometimes for days trying not to see anyone just in and out like not being seen not wanting to talk and those times were the ones that I feel like I was at my most fragile, but there was nobody there for me. So I kind of had to work myself through that, which brings me to the point of not crying. Cause it's like, I wasn't in my room crying. I was in my room trying to figure out how, how I was gonna get out of this. And, 
and let me and let me in, interrupt you for a minute and inter, and uh, let me pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, those times when you was, were like in your room and you didn't cry and you were pondering and thinking, did you think clearly, or, or did you think you were thinking clearly? Oh no, none of my thoughts were linear at all, at all. Okay, so now if you had cried and got it out. Because when you get the sadness out, when you cry and get the sadness out, you you get a little clearer of an understanding. You you can think and, and and see a little more freely because you cried and got got over got it got it over with, and now you can uh, assess the situation a little better. Because if you're if you're always in the mix mix of something and and everything is um uh, in the uproar. Mm-hmm. You can't possibly see your way out or think clearly. Right. Now, once you shed that tear and get and, and that emotion comes out, I believe it frees up. It frees up your mind and your mental and your insight. No, for real, because it's like it's it's almost like an emotional cleansing. I agree with you. I just wish I like the only time that I can really cry is if like so. And this is gonna seem really silly, but I'm still gonna tell you anyways. Did you see? Did you see Creed one, the first Creed? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Remember at the end when uh, Creed and Rocky were walking up the Philadelphia steps, and Rocky had to stop because he was having difficulties from the the uh, side the side effects of the, the chemo treatment. Right. I could relate to that so heavily because of me having gone through chemo that I literally ugly face cried on the couch. Hey, it's even the smallest things there, as long as you can relate to it. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> so I understand. Like my daughter looked at me and like she almost didn't understand it, but like Jody was sitting right next to me, and she just like held me closer because she knew exactly what I was thinking. And then like it was those moments, it was like stuff like that. Like I can cry over stuff like that, but like when I'm like tense, I can't cry. So I just I'll just sit and like just find myself thinking a lot. And to the point where my to the point where my head hurts, like you have no idea how how many hours I literally spend just in deep thought about sometimes absolutely nothing. Seriously, but um to to further as far as like now this this aspect of curing the culture is one that hits home with me because I didn't become violent until I was about fourteen. Because I felt like I had something to prove at that point. Up until then, I wasn't very violent. I had violence exacted on me, but I wasn't one for retaliation or even so much for defending myself. But we're taught to meet every confrontation with aggression while abandoning a reasonable and nonviolent solution. Now, this never helped us in anywhere outside of that realm of environments that operates in this economy. Like, we fear not using aggression but almost hate being seen as aggressive. Do you see the, like there's a catch 22 in that. Yes, yes it is, yes it is. And and <laughs> people like the, you know, I, I have these conversations and people say, well, look in the Bible, it was violent back then. The guy, did, the guy was violent when he struck people down and caused all the, all the, the natural disasters. And I, I hear all this, I hear everything. And I hear that we're, violent by nature we're not violent by nature the law of the land is i mean we are taught to self-preserve 
but it it doesn't have to be violence. We we have we have a we have a mind. Mm. We we have these gifts. There's other ways to survive. Even if someone you don't have to meet aggression with aggression. And if you want to meet aggression with aggression, aggressively use your mentality to, to think of another way out to, to to reconcile a situation. I the, the I hate I hate when I hear people say, "Oh, he talked about me." I'm gonna go. I don't, I don't know if I can curse, but <laughs> I hate when I hear people say that mother effer did something to me. I'm gonna go f him up, or oh, that motherfucker said something about me. Uh, yeah, instead of saying, well, let me uh, figure out what's really going on. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't know if it's true. And if it is true, you don't know what that person going through. Reach out reach, reach out a conversation, a hand, an olive branch, so y'all can talk and get understanding. And then if you can't, just part your ways. Now, I, I do believe if someone keeps coming at you, you ain't supposed to lay down. Right, right. But if you can't remove yourself from a situation or... Or even if you guys say, all right, you're right, I, I walk away. I ain't going to do this. Forget about being uh, called whatever. Pride is, pride is definitely, uh, pride, <laughs> that pride is a, is a simple thing. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a simple thing. Pride will have you kill your, your closest partner, your mother, your father, your kids, your husband, your wife. Mm-hmm. Pride is, is something that I really wish, uh See, I'm about to, I'm about to put my foot in my mouth. I wish we didn't have pride, but I, I, I need for us to take pride in ourselves. Well, hold on. There's two kinds of pride. There's pride in being proud of what you've accomplished and who you've become as a, as a result of that accomplishment. Then there's, there's that other side of pride that says, I'm not going to let you do this to me because I'm this or that. But at the end of the day, who are we really? Like if you look at, and, and, and it's crazy that you mentioned the Bible earlier, because I'm about to mention it. I'm about to mention it now. Our lives are but a speck of dust. Like if you look at let's let's look at let's look at history, world history as a whole, right? We've mm-hmm. been here we've been here for 40 years, 40 some years. That is not even a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of how long the earth has been around. How important, how important are we really? Like not to, not to, you know, diminish our importance to the people that are in our lives. Let's not mistake that. But in the grand scheme of things, people come, people go, you, we, and what, what else the Bible says? We are as a blade of grass. Like think about, I'm looking at my lawn right now as we speak. And I look at every winter, the grass dies, it's, under, it's covered under snow. Then the spring comes, grass grows, but then I gotta mow it. That's our lives. Yeah. Blade of grass. So when we run around thinking we're more than what we are, in the sense that nobody can tell us anything and nobody's ever gonna do anything to us because man, we grass. You know what I mean? And that's not to say we can't be proud of being that grass at the time, but understand. <laughs> you grass. <Yeah. laughs> that's like that's like have you ever heard the saying we die every 10 years? No. As long as you're living on this earth, you'll die every ten years. No. Meaning that, meaning that you'll you'll shed what you your your old ways, your old thoughts, and become a new. Hmm. Every ten years. Somebody whether old. Somebody old told you that. You, <laughs> <laughs> whether whether you get worse or whether you get better. Right. 
it, it, it just says you die every 10 years so you no longer exist. Mm. You know what? I could believe that because when I was, I, I like that. And I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to cut this part out and I'm going to take it like I like I made it up. And I'm not, I'm not giving you no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, y'all heard this somewhere, but I think I might have made it up. You know, you die every 10 years. I'm going to spice it up too. I'm going to put, I'm going to put all the seasonings in it. So people, yo, you know, Wayne said you die every 10 years. <laughs> nah, but I can believe that because I look at my 30 year old self and I look at my 40 year old self and I feel as though I'm more emotionally in tune with people than I than I was when I was 30. When I was 30, it was still all about me. You know what I mean? It was still all about what I was gonna accomplish. And I think a lot about what I'm gonna accomplish now, but it's it to me, it's, it's more so, number one, honestly, to make my wife proud. Because when she found me, bro, like when I tell you when she found me, I wasn't, I wasn't somebody that you would want to be like, I think I'm going to start a relationship with that person. Like I was down bad, but she saw through that and was like, I know something's in there. That's going to be great. And I, I, I remember one night we were at dinner and I looked her in the eye and I said, one day, this is all going to make sense. And, and I still say that to this day. And I'm somebody that likes to keep my promises. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm always trying to go after it and go get it and be more than what even I think I can be at times for her and for my daughter. Like, because to be honest with you, there's nobody else in this world whose opinion matters of me more than them. I understand that. I do. And you got, you got, you got uh, close to grown kids, huh? I got, yeah, I, I got a 17 year old, uh, 14, uh, uh, 9, 8, 7. Yeah, uh, yep, yeah, that's, yeah, 90, uh, 10, 90, something, yeah. I don't think, um, like when God said be fruitful, I don't think he was, I don't think he was, I don't think he was talking to you specifically, but I think, I feel like you took that message personally. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to take it first. <laughs> He's like, it say right here, Genesis chapter three. <laughs> you know, I, I would, I would really feel I did the world a disservice if I didn't leave, if I didn't plant seeds to to, to continue my my legacy after I'm gone. Right. To have my, I. I that still have my blood on this earth. I feel I would be, I would do, I would do a disservice to the world, and that's only because, and I could be wrong, but I just think I'm so damn. I, I want to do so much. I, I have a positive outlook on life, on every single thing, on everybody. And if I had no kids, then I wouldn't. It would be like I didn't exist. Mm. I don't care how many memories my friends and family have; they'll pass off. What, what, I, at least with my kids they'll have some of my genes some of my ways and they'll pass on to their kids and so forth and so on so I will always be around I will always be eternalized on this earth some type of way mm -hmm. um, which one of your children they, is the most which one of your children is the most like you ooh uh, <laughs> oh man um, I would say all of them I would say all of them um, 
Of course, my daughters are like their mother. Mm. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say all of them has as my ways. All of them. I, I, it's, I don't know. That's I'm a. They say they they say Daniel and Lemitri. So I. I I'm going to look at that. I'm going to see. Yeah. <laughs> sit, sit back and watch it. See, I only got one. And I'm not going to lie. It's kind of regrettable that I only have one because I kind of wish that at least I had one or two more for not only because of um just brevity and just having Mackenzie have somebody else around, but just to see who would adopt more of whose personality because mm. right now, like my wife is outnumbered. Like <laughs> this girl, bro. You you think I'm playing? Like if I let her have my my phone for one day and I let her do her Insta stories, you, you'd be <laughs> like you'd be like, oh yeah, that's him. Cause she is not. She's quick. She always got a she always got a response and it's always oh, eight times out of ten it's kind of fire and I get mad. I'm like man, that was quick. <laughs> But like those two times, I, I use those as teacher lessons. And speaking of wife, am I wrong in feeling like just as as black men and some and these days as men in general that we're kind of taught not to get married? Yes, yes. With you know, I'm glad I'm married. I'm really glad I'm married because I, you know, of course, dealing with different personalities. Either, either, even when you get married, you're gonna deal with a different personality, but it's that one personality, right? Most of the time. <laughs> but um, out in the streets, and, and and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this is just any female past that I or or any females um, out there in the world today. It's just that when I was a, a free agent and I was doing my thing, it's not that I was picking the wrong ones or bad chicks I just wasn't picking no one that I could see myself with and be comfortable with right. and I didn't see any strength in them as far as like when times got rough and hard they from from what I was getting uh, from being around them they were full mm. and my wife now was very strong and everybody bumps heads but She's, she's very strong and I know one thing that she's not gonna run mm -hmm. away from me she's gonna stand there and take whatever life throws with me whether we had each other head or not I know once the once the seeds stop raging she's gonna be there mm -hmm. and once they start back up she's gonna be there so I'm glad I I'm glad I got married and I'm glad I married her you know what I said I said a similar thing to my wife about three months ago, I said, yo, to be honest with you, I can't see myself with anybody else other than you. Like when I think back, like in retrospect and all the women that I've come across and cause I didn't really have a lot of relationships, but I, I when I look at as the, the passing of time and the same thing you said, my wife is very strong and she was there. She started with me on the downs. So when we came up, and then the downs happen and then because that's life it's ebbs and flows like she never switched up on me and i was like i don't know if another woman that i had been dealing with in the past had that salt in them to withstand the storm because it does take a certain kind of woman 
to withstand the storm. Yes. And I think that's Damn. something that we definitely need to appreciate more as a, as a, as a culture. What you saying? Yeah, now, 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 I'm now for me, you know, because it's always, you know, I, I always got two sides of everything. Not now, for yes, for it takes a certain type of woman to withstand a storm for it. For you and for me and for the next man, with these other women can withstand stuff and be strong, but on, but not with everybody. Mm-hmm. Only with those who they're supposed to be. Right. And I believe that. I believe that uh, Margaret Minifield, who be shaking her ass on the corner, she can be a strong man for her heroin addict, um, addicted boyfriend. But for us, she may just come in and, and run off. But for someone that she really is meant for, she'll be there, strong and weather in the storm. I, I truly believe that every man, there's a man and woman that. Yeah, a man and woman is meant for each other. It's, but you just have to actually find yours, and you may not find yours. And even if you do find yours, you may be too blinded to, to realize and recognize. Not sometimes we go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sometimes we we do we do have this veil over our eyes, and unless we ask God to remove the veil, we won't see because this is Satan's world, and he do provide beautiful lives. So you have to look deeper than the flesh. You have to look deeper than than words. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you have to you have to ask the to be led in the spirit into into reveal. So, and the thing is, I also I mean, believe that you if you can't be looking because I wasn't looking when Jody came back into my life. I just happened to be like at the time that she came in, like it's literally like she came at the right time because I was just like. I was no good to anyone. And it was like, that's where the journey began. So when I see other people who understand the ups and downs and fussing and fighting and you know what I mean? Cause there's people who really want their marriages to be fairy tales. And if they don't think they can have that, they don't want to get married. And like what I notice about black men is we have this thing where we've been taught so like, oh, we gotta conquer all the women. We gotta, and, and it's like, no, bro. Like that's such a uh, misleading, non-essential to our well-being mindset. Like we literally feed into the stereotype by trying to do that. And we, that's another thing we don't understand as black men. We Sometimes we feed into the stereotype then get mad when the stereotype comes to life out of somebody else's mouth. Like, oh, you don't have the right to say that. And it's like, uh, they kind of do because you're being that. You're, when you, you, you can't not be a thing and then get mad when somebody says, hey, you're being that thing that you guys always are. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, we we love being jesters. We do. We don't want to be kings. Mm, mm. We claim we claim we kings. Mm. We, throw, we throw on all this clothes and jury and, and try to get the money and act like we kings but we love the injustice so everybody love a clown man you and just you literally just set a mouthful right now <laughs> bro i mean you know it, it's sambo it's sambo mm. cat dancing. Mm. man when you getting a podcast man <laughs> <laughs> you know bro, I, I honestly i can't i can i can only do mine through my music right i have a conversation the marriage and marijuana thing, we doing that. But 
I'm 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 one of them people that me myself I can't be caged and tied down to. I mean, you know, even the, even the podcast, I I I can't do the podcast. I can do I I'm I feel more free and more open and honest on my music. I feel you. Um, I I I can't sit. I, me, I can't sit down and and be like, okay, I'm gonna we gonna do the I'm gonna do a podcast about this and talk about this. I can't do it. I'm a, I'm an organic person. You doing it right now? I, that's because I'm a, I'm a guest. <laughs> oh. I'm talking, and, and I can do that. I can talk. I can talk. I just I, I guess just me saying podcast it sounds like I'm 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 like you're getting to something like I like YouTube channel. That's why I don't even say YouTube channel really. When, I got you. When me here talking, I have to imagine marijuana. I I, I I I have a mentality if I. If I claim or say something, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be held to it. I'm right. gonna be pigeonholed to it, and then my focus is gonna be over here, and, and something else is gonna lack. Right. No, I feel you. Yeah. But um, before we get out of here, I definitely want to say something to you before I go. Um, I and this is something that I definitely needed you to know. Like your music, your music. The reason why I feel that that bond with you, whether we talking or texting or messaging or whatever, and I, and that's the other strange thing about our relationship that I don't think you understand. Like, you not even somebody that I need to communicate with all the time to still feel like I mess with you or you mess with me. Like, you know how like some people, like they gotta stay on top of their people all the time. Like, oh, I gotta make sure, you know, such and such still right. mess with me. So I gotta stay, you know what I mean? Like, I never feel like that, number one. Number two, so I used to do music as well, and I know you know this because we've shared bars and all that. Like, well, I love that, by the way. That's another part of our relationship. I actually, I like, I absolutely love that. Um, the fact that I look at my music that I did as like part one to a story, and I look at your music as part two, because the way my music was, it was very upbeat, up tempo. Yeah, I told some, I told some street stories, but never really from the perspective of somebody who ever got caught or ever got the, the repercussions of his negative actions, your music literally picks up where mine leaves off. Like, and I, I, I mean, if I can dig up some of my old stuff, I'll send it to you. And you can play my stuff first and then put digression or 10 toes down or whatever you wanna play right after the last song. And it literally plays out like, now here's the, here's the side of the story that he didn't tell. It literally plays like that. And that's what I that's why I enjoy your music so much. Like, and I, I and I've told you this before. Like, you're not the most lyrical I've ever heard. You're witty. There's things that you do lack in certain lyrics, and, and there's times where I feel like there's other things that you could do better. Like, I'm and I, that's another thing I love, the fact that we can have those conversations. But you're one of the realest to me because I know you're telling me the truth. Like, I don't have to sit there and go, man, he ain't do that. Like when I listen to some rappers like on my playlist. I'm like, man, you ain't do that. But I listen, I listen, to, I listen to Terrence Jacobs, and I'm like, yo, Terrence Jacobs did that. And I just wanna, I wanna applaud you, brother. I wanna definitely give you your props and give you your flowers, while you can smell them and let you know that you impacted me from the moment that you stepped into my life, bro. You impacted me. You're like, you're like the, you're like the older brother that I needed when I didn't have a vision. You feel me? I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, I. I have to say some things too. Yeah, I mean, 
Since, since we you and I first met, I, I did feel the bond, and I, I saw something in you. It, it was, you know, I, I'm a feeling person. I get energy. I and I just meditate on things. We we communicated back and forth. You did the review, and it, it felt like you was already my brother. Like mm-hmm. I've known you for a lifetime anyway, and we was on the same wavelength. Because even some some of my friends I've known all my life were not on the same wavelength, and I don't share like a quick bond like I have with you because on another level we, we, we discuss things on a mental state and a life state that's very um, very insightful and very meaningful to me mm-hmm. so whether we whether we speak every day or not I mean I'm I'm always championing you I, I see you doing your thing with the podcast see you with your YouTube channel I see you go around and, and speak at seminar. I see, I see all this, and I applaud you. And I'm, I'm happy, like I'm a big brother. Yeah, I mean, and I, I tell my wife, yo, because I call you level. You know, I call you mm-hmm. level. <laughs> I like they love doing this thing. She's like, that's what's up. That's what's up. I think we gonna get up there and see him soon too, which we still are. So I just wanna, I just wanna keep encouraging you and tell you, not even bro, I love you. Um, you too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got this bond and we're going to keep this thing going. No, for I sure. Mean, so, and with one that day said, sit back and maybe <laughs> you'll be holding one of my grandkids. Who knows? <laughs> Listen, we, I'm, I promise you, the, the get together going to be nuts. It, I, and, and it's not even on some like, it's, it's going to be so grown and, and so mature and so insightful. It's going to be all the things that it is when we just chopping it up like this. But the, the only difference is like when you get to personally experience somebody side by side and you get to look them in the eye, you get to touch their hand. Like, I don't know, I, I like we live in a very disconnected world, but the people that you can connect with, even though you may not be able to be right next to them, I value those relationships. And that's that's what I have with you. And I definitely want to thank you for taking the time out, you know what I'm saying, to be with me here today. And uh Plug something. Tell them where you're going to be at. Tell them what you, you know what I mean? Run it, run it back. Tell them everything, everything that, that way they can find you, all that. I'm going to give you the floor and then I'm going to close out. Okay, this is Mr. Mister. You can reach me on IG, Instagram, and Facebook at OT and Mister. You can find me on um, uh, Twitter at Mr. Mister 613. Uh, right now, as I said, I'm working on my EP, which we drop in May 2nd. Uh, I am currently editing the Foreign and the Coop video, and I'm shooting the Brothers video. Also, um, hopefully, you'll be catching me on a stage near you. Um, right now, I'm supposed to be doing, uh, I'm supposed to be getting a contract to do a show in Baltimore. We'll see about that. But other than that, um, that's what you got on my social media. Y'all, y'all want to book me for a show? You want to do a collab? Reach me at MrOTM at gmail.com. Before I got here, I want to say one thing. This was uh, curing a culture. And the culture can't be cured unless we stop being, having a pack mentality, unless we stop being uh, suckers for, for fame and doing anything for a dollar and losing our integrity and not, and not standing on, on our own too, pulling our bootstraps up not really teaching and telling each other uh, when we're out here looking and acting a, acting a fool and we can be entertaining and not and not uh, make and not set the whole race back 
four or five hundred years. Mm. We can be entertaining on a on another level. We don't have to be buffooned. Mm. So if 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 that ain't curing the culture, we can't cure the culture by doing that. Then I don't think we need to have a culture. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, and yeah, I'm, I'm talking to black, white, Asian, Mexican, whomever, because y'all all invade our culture. Yeah, I mean, y'all all invade our culture, and I, I, I have no problem with you being here because y'all, y'all, y'all are exploiting it. But it's us, our black folks. That's really buffooning it up, and until we until we can get our head on straight and see clearly, that's all we are buffoons. Mm. And that's all I gotta say. With that said, I'm not even gonna say nothing else. With that said, this is Wayne Steven with the Productive Inactivity Podcast. Yes, sir.